the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app as well. But you're welcome to download free from our site, WFIL.com. A lot of clouds at the deal the rest of the day and this evening. Eventually a low of 34. Tomorrow cloudy. Might get a shower and a high of 40. Sixers at home tonight against Charlotte at 7. Last night, Eagles lost 2014 to Washington. And with that, their season coming to a close. Perhaps mercifully. Four wins, 11 losses, one tie. They do get the sixth pick in the NFL draft in April. That's a bright spot. But other than that, it's probably time to step back and assess things. Victoria, how you doing? Doing well today. How are you, Tim? Good. Did you watch the game yesterday, last night? I watched some of it, but, you know, give myself, you know, save myself some heartache. I, <laughs> I didn't really make it through the whole thing, I have to be honest. Yeah. Well, we knew last night was not going to have playoff implications for the Eagles, who miraculously no. were in the race all the way till the end, despite their record. But then they got eliminated last week. So uh, there was some controversy around the fact that they brought in Nate Sudfeld, their third-string quarterback, which in the process... Uh, you know, Washington wanted winning the game and the division with it, uh, but that's more football. Than My we'll dad get. was not happy about that. No, why? He was yeah. texting me and he said, "Well, I think that you know, uh, Jalen Hurts should have just finished the game." I said, "He just didn't think he should have been pulled at that point." But yeah. you know, I guess at that point, like you were saying, it, we, were, we were out last week, so it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, it takes a lot to manage and, and coach a team. Of course, Carson Wentz uh, has been the starter for quite some time when healthy, and then he was actually deactivated. He was healthy, just did not get uh, suit up really for that that purpose, and they had Hurtson, who's replaced in the last few weeks. But Nate Sudfeld, uh, just on this, as much as it matters, I can tell you as just on my simple level of coaching a softball or a soccer team, how I want to get everybody some playing time. There's a piece of that. You want you want the players who are working hard all year round to buy in and say, is there ever going to be a, a payoff, a chance to show what I can do a little bit? So, right. so there's a little part of me that not only wants as a manager or coach, I want to win. Um, but I want even, even better than a win is a win where everybody gets to contribute because then you feel like you help them grow as players then you're the opposite of my dad because i guess he thought from his perspective leave jalen in to see if we can get the win but you know as you mentioned at that point there was no real you know well the, uh, the guy motivation. they brought in Sud, well Sudfeld, the guy they brought in he's capable enough he should be able to do a good enough job this is true so i mean if, otherwise why is he on the team a little right. bit like that and he's been around for quite a while i think four seasons now so uh, in any case that season's done uh, I was part of a Zoom call earlier today where the Eagles made available a number of folks, Howie Roseman, 
and uh, and then uh, uh, Coach Peterson and several of the players. We'll maybe play a little bit of audio of that for you. Specifically, Zach Ertz, their tight end, longtime tight end, who's been the very key player as part of the team, who may be done with the team, depending on uh, how things go out uh, in the days to come, in the weeks to come. Uh, and he actually, at the end of the press conference, had a rather emotional uh, little little conclusion to his time with the media, which is which is uh, very genuine. I'm going to play that for you later on. But um, aside from all that, this hour, want to have some fun because I don't know about you, but over the holidays, I had a lot of fun playing games with the kids. And we wound up playing Catan. We played Clue. We played Madden 07. Uh, we still have our, our, our GameCube still works from 2007 and back then. Apparently, my son says you can't really buy these things anymore. We really got to take care of them. So did you did you have any game time over the holidays with family or friends? We did a little bit. Um, my mom and brother and I, um, for around New Year's and New Year's weekend, we played some Monopoly and we played a, d- a game called Dominoes. But okay. it's not the kind of Dominoes that you normally you know, think knock of. over. So if I have okay. time to explain that later, I <laughs> okay. can. But it's a, it's a fun game. And uh, yeah, it was you know just nice to have that good old-fashioned family time. Yeah. Games bring people together in, in a kind of a neat way. Right, uh, you know, we, we made nachos uh, yesterday, for example, and uh, and sat around the table and between rolling dice for the Catan game, we're eating our nachos <laughs> and having some snacks and just some fun time. So, uh, thought and and here's why I want to bring this up. Everybody has a game or two, perhaps that they like. Uh, I know some folks don't grow up in game playing families, but others, uh, you name the game, I'm in. Kind of a situation. So, um, when I was a kid, Victoria and our family, Friday night was game night. And they used to say, okay, like, let's get a piece of paper out. Everybody write down their top three games or top five games. And then I would take everybody's answers and go tabulate the results. Sometimes it took me a while and people are starting to lose interest. Like, are we ever going <laughs> to play anything here? But I always had fun doing that. So I thought this hour, especially because we have a special guest coming up shortly, we could have a little fun this hour. People just share games that they play, things that they enjoy whether it's simply naming them or if you have a little bit of a story around why you enjoy the game you do, uh, whether it's a favorite uncle who comes over and whenever you see him or, or you have a, an aunt come over or cousins, you do this one thing and their memories attached to it. That's cool. If you have a game you think people could know about, that might be kind of fun. Something you learned recently. That's good, too. Uh, I have listed for myself five. It's very difficult. I listed my favorite five games here. And um, so I, I'll share those. Throughout the hour, and Victoria, you mentioned a couple you played as well. But uh, in line with all that, so if you want to text that in, it's simply 610-500-DOVE. I'd love to tabulate. I like stats. I like numbers. And regardless of the sample size, however many folks, I mean, there's lots of games. And so we'll just probably name some things that people are voting for. But we'll see if one or two emerge. Uh, so you can text your favorite game or two up to, you know, up to five, let's say, to 610-500-DOVE, 610 500 3683, or feel free to give us a call at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. What's a game you enjoy playing and why, and why should maybe someone else look into it? And as part of our conversation, Rob Belushi, the one and only, uh, the actor, he's the nephew of John Belushi and the son of Jim Belushi, both well-known in the acting world. He's going to be joining us shortly. He's host of a program called Get a Clue. On the on GSN season two starts this afternoon. In fact, so Rob will be chatting with us about that for a little bit, and then keeping keeping with our game the, uh, theme, you're welcome again to text in at six ten five hundred Dove six ten five hundred thirty six eighty three, or uh, call us up at eight hundred five sixty 
WFIL, 800-560-9345. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons, 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 412 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, if you have a favorite game you enjoy playing, give us a call at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or text it in to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. And one of the reasons we asked, fresh off the holiday weekends we've had, last couple of weeks really, I've had a lot of game time with the family, which I've loved. And depending on who I'm with, I'll have a favorite game I like to play, and there are different reasons why. I'll share more about that during the program. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to text in in the next few minutes, you're welcome to do so, and uh, you can call in as well, whatever is easier for you. But before we do either of those things or, or, or take calls, I want to uh, bring on board a very special guest, actor Rob Belushi, host of Get a Clue on GSN. Season 2 is starting today. Happy New Year, Rob. How you doing? Oh, Happy New Year, Tim. I'm doing well. How are you? Wonderful. You too. Hey, uh, Thanks. <laughs> congratulations on season two getting underway for Get a Clue. You gotta be oh, excited. we're so excited for those new episodes that come out today at 4.30 Eastern on Game Show Network. We worked real hard on them, and uh, we think our at-home audience is going to love them this year. We're excited. What's your favorite part about hosting the show? Well, my favorite part is giving people money. I mean, nothing <laughs> feels better than handing some money to, uh, to some people who just you know, surmounted some pretty difficult odds to win. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the thing that I get to do every episode, win or lose, is I get to make a bunch of people enter a very strange set of circumstances that make them feel comfortable enough to have a really good time. So uh, I feel like that's the, the best part of my job and hopefully what I'm getting better at as we move into season two. Yeah, it's kind of a neat thing in the sense that uh, not everybody's going to get the money, but they could still have a good time, memories to share, stories to tell for years to come. So you get a, a direct hand in that, obviously. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I make sure to meet all my contestants before we play, and I say, hey, be fun. I mean, uh, have fun. Be yourself. You know, mess around with me because I really like the interplay. And win or lose, let's have a great time today so that we always remember what happened. And I, I tell you what, I remember almost all my episodes. I believe, There's some yeah. where I have to kind of black them out because I didn't do so well, <laughs> but my contestants are always great. Well, you know, you alluded to something there. I was going to ask you how you're feeling, you know, you're doing as a host, what you want to, you know, implement or what you're growing in as you go into season two as a host to build on season one. Sure, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think a difference that uh, for people who watch season one and are going to watch season two as well, they'll find like a, a, a bit more stable energy for me and a bit more restrained and intimate energy, right? We work to have me be a little more um, stationary, so there's a little less frenetic energy, and we, we let all the energy come out of the actual clue guessing. And, and um, I think that'll be a, a, a nice adjustment for our at-home audience. I grew up watching The Price is Right with Bob Barker with my mom when I was a kid and a few others. Did you grow up watching game shows, and do you have a favorite? Oh, sure. I mean, Bob Barker, he, he, he is smooth, man. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Alex Trebek, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Sure miss him and uh, feel his loss. I watched a lot of Jeopardy. And, um, and you know, I watched a lot of Double Dare on Nickelodeon. Uh, I watched a bunch of families climbing through big peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for flags. And I think that was the first game show I watched. And, boy, did I want to be on that show. And you know what? 
after Get a Clue Season 1, uh, Mark Summers, the host of that, reached out to me and said, hey, I hear you're the new kid on the block and you're doing pretty well. And boy, was I starstruck. I showed all my friends the, uh, the Instagram DM and said, hey, guys, look, I've made it. Mark Summers says hello. That's amazing. That's great. You know, games in general obviously can really help bring people together. Uh, over the holidays, my kids were home and uh, we played some video games, but also Clue and Settlers of Catan, Cities and Nights version, and all that. Are you a game oh, player? Uh, do you, yeah. Are you, are you a game player off screen? And, and what do you enjoy? Uh, yeah, I really do. Uh, my wife loves kind of clue guessing games and categories and Rummy Cube, those type of game dominoes. But I really like those games like Settlers of Catan or Risk or Monopoly or. You know, uh, some of those other German, you know, um, uh, what is the game? Ticket to Ride, I really like, too. Okay. Those German games of the year yeah. um, where you can kind of take over the world. Because I'm a bit of a shorter man, and I won't say I have a Napoleon complex, but <laughs> I definitely feel gratified when I can uh, win the entire world when I play. That's <laughs> so, funny. You know, you're talking about Settlers of Catan. I mean, I'll be... Dealing wheat and sheep with you all day long, brother. <laughs> That's great. You know, I went to a, a small Christian school in Philadelphia in the suburbs when I was a kid. We had some pretty good opportunities, though, come our way, including a troop, if that's the right word, from uh, SCTV. Uh, when I was in eighth grade, they were really good. And I remember going from the assembly where they did their presentation to our drama class and really feeling energized about acting even more and specifically improv. You were at Second City for a while, right? If I remember correctly, I was, yeah, long time. Uh, well, how, just talk about that experience, how that may have benefited you for the work you've been doing now, or, or especially because you're on your feet and you're in front of all these people and, and trying to guide a show along. Sure. You know, in fact, one of, one of my favorite uh, experiences with Second City was playing down there on uh, Broad Street in, in Philadelphia. We, I got to go there for two weeks and perform in 2010, and wow. boy, do I love that city. Um, and, um, you know, Second City in general, right, improvisation tells us. The thing we create together in the moment is going to be better than the thing I can create on my own. So collaboration is the key. And for you to collaborate, you have to listen and also reward, right? You have to be affected by your partner and also give more information to your partner to continue the scene going. And I feel like that's a great skill set to bring onto a, uh, a game show stage, right? Because I'm listening and responding to the real things that my contestants are that our contestants, gosh, they are not mine, but our <laughs> contestants are doing at any given moment and trying to bring, you know, of course, a comic twist or at least emphasize certain things that they're doing over others so that we can all kind of laugh and tease each other and have a good time. But, you know, at the core of improv that I learned at Second City is listening and also allowing yourself to be seen. And, um, you know, when, when you're not playing a character, you're just Rob Belushi host, you're definitely allowing yourself to be seen and, um, bringing improvisational skills on that stage have really, I think, benefited me. That's great. That's great. At least feeling more comfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm obviously it's just meeting you for the first time, but you seem to have a gracious spirit about you, which I think goes a long way. People feel comfortable just because you've already made me feel comfortable talking with you, so, so that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means you're a good host, but you know what? I'll say that is very kind of you to say, and, and I definitely think that's the most important job, part of my job is making people feel comfortable in a very strange set of circumstances and to walk away having a great time. Yeah, that's great. Rob Belushi, great talking with you. Congratulations on season two, and thank you for taking time today. Oh, thank you. Make sure, uh, please make sure you, you, you get a chance to check it out. Uh, 4.30 weekdays on Game Show Network. Get a Clue season two starts today. Excellent. Have a wonderful day. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. That's actor Rob Belushi joining our program today. We'll take a quick break and then take your calls. 
If you want to chime in at 800-560-WFIL, it's a fun game you enjoy playing. 800-560-9345. You have a memory you want to share with that or kind of a set of circumstances, that's cool too. Uh, 800-560-9345. Or you can text in 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's 423 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Having some fun today. Just chatting with the Rob Belushi, host of Get a Clue on GSN. Season 2 starts here in about seven minutes, actually, if you want to check that out. We won't have our feelings hurt. We can always watch. It's, a, I think, a weekday thing. Uh, in any case, we're talking about games today a little bit. If you have a favorite game that you enjoy playing, if you have a little story behind that, over in Willow Grove. Hello, Pat. How you doing? Hi, how are you? Good. Good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, we like playing games when we're down at the shore. Okay. And we have a lot of good ones, but did you ever play Dutch Blitz? Dutch Blitz? I know. I've heard that many times. I've never played it. I don't think I have. So It's sort of like a card game, and everybody has a set of cards, and then you have your one to ten or ten to one in the middle, and whoever gets rid of it first, you get Dutch Blitz, and it's a really fast-moving game and it goes crazy because everybody's trying to get their cards out and get rid of their hand. Okay. So that's a fun game. Or we like to play five on a couch or three on a couch. Did you ever play that as like an opener game? (laughs) No, tell me about it. Oh, it's so much fun. Like we do it like if there's 20 of us or 15 of us in our apartment. Yeah. You each sit in a circle wherever you can and then you put your name in a hat and then everybody draws a name but not their own name. Okay. And then you have to remember who you are, and then you try and get the hand that you have. You know, you try and get the person who is not their real name to call and see who they are, and you try and get the boys on one side and the girls on the other side. But you have to remember who has whose name because you really don't have the person's name that you're trying to get in line. You know what I'm understanding? Yeah, and that's called three on on a couch or five on a couch, depending on... Yeah, it depends on how many people you have. (laughs) Okay, that's great. It's so much much fun trying to remember who has whose name because you're the only person that knows who you are. Yeah, well, sometimes I have trouble with that myself, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I do too. But that's, that's a fun game with a group or Dutch Blitz. If you have a couple of hands of that, that is really fun. It's a fast moving game. I love it. I love it. Thank yeah. you, Pat. Happy New Year right, to you. Have a good day. You too. Stay Sounds- well. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 800-560-WFIL. You have a favorite game you like to play? 800-560-9345. Had a chance to play a lot of games over the last couple of weeks. Had a couple of uh, extra days off and all that, and my son was home from Florida, and we were sitting around the table, and we're, we did a lot of different things. Uh, so it just got, you know, thinking, if you want to text in, you can. If you want to call in, that's cool, too. 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or you can text the text line, 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Got a text from Norma in Norristown, says, I like the ungame because it encourages conversation. No winners or losers, and uh, build family connection. Uh, Norma, that's great. I love that. Uh, that. That's kind of also why I want to bring this up on the program, because what we're hoping to do uh, with the show, Victoria, is have more of a, um, 
a dynamic engaging back and forth with the audience. And we do a lot of interviews, which is good, but I love talking with listeners and, and hearing what they have to say. It's one of the good parts of the show. Yes, that's right. That's why we're glad you're here also as part of the show for folks who maybe have not listened for a little while. Uh, Victoria joined our program about uh, three, four weeks ago and is, uh, is helping out as well as, as a producer of our program. So that's cool. Whatever's easier for you, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or you can uh, text in at 610-500-DOVE. One of my favorite all-time games, uh, number one on my list, if I had to pick one game, I think it would be Scrabble, and it's because of the memories associated with it, specifically with my mom. My mom and I used to play at all hours. I play with my siblings as well, but... um, the thing about my mom, I mean, she, my mom would play, she passed five years, almost six years ago. She would play any game with us at any time. She just loved being with her kids, you know? Aww. So, so uh, Scrabble specifically was kind of fun because it uses the mind. There's a little bit of, uh, what do you go, luck involved, like what letters you pull out of the bag. My mom would say, well, it just depends what a person gets, what letters a person gets. We always have fun saying, what person, mom? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just you and me. Well, I didn't, the person doesn't get the letters. They get, so... But we would have a great time uh, doing that, and uh, we would play even until, you know, after midnight, one in the morning, depending. You want to play one more game? It's like, all right, let's let's heat up some tea and play another game. Yeah, it's my, that fun. Yeah, it is, and and, and it's you know it keeps the mind going. And we had different ways of playing, like Scrabble. Uh, they're they're one of the one of the rules is about the dictionary. You know, some people play with dictionaries, and some say, well, you're not supposed to play with a dictionary. And there's a whole challenging thing where you can look words up or not look words up. Our approach is a little bit more like let's use dictionaries so we can learn something. I don't think my pa- my but... family has the patience for that. They only do that if they really don't believe that that's a word. Yeah. Then they take the dictionary to confirm, like, is this really real? So, yeah, we don't do it as we're playing because I don't think my, my family has the patience for that. I think I think the real rules are you're not supposed to use a dictionary. And if, I, if you played a word, Victoria, and I'm like, that's not a word, I can challenge you. And then if I'm oh, right, okay. you lose a turn. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I lose a turn. Right, There's okay. Different- but yeah. the other end of the spectrum is instead of just sitting around being afraid to make a play because you're like, well, if I'm wrong, I, I think it's – instead of wasting time doing that, just open the dictionary up. Right. But on the other side of that, we found is like, well, that's a word. Let me change my letters around and keep looking to see if this might be a word. Then after a while, like, it goes the other direction. Like person's just taking forever to make a play. So right. We definitely love Scrabble in my family yeah? as well. That's a good one. Yeah? Okay. So that's one of my top five. If you want to text in uh, or call in, go ahead and share that, uh, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or uh, you can, uh, can text in 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Any game, whatever it might be, uh, because, you know, it, it really revolving around the idea of conversation and family, like Norma was mentioning. So maybe you have a game you'd like to share. And encourage people to consider something fun maybe that no one else has uh, heard of or something you came across recently. And uh, whatever it might be, uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, you can also email, by the way, Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Down to 34 tonight with cloudy skies. Tomorrow, still kind of cloudy, maybe a shower and a high of 40. Sixers home against Charlotte tonight at 7. And uh, also another time kind of game, a professional football last night, the Eagles Losing to Washington 2014, ending the season. Four wins, 11 losses, one tie. They get the sixth pick in the NFL draft in April, which is one bright spot. It's a, a high draft pick there. I was on a Zoom call earlier today with the Eagles, and they had a number of folks associated with the team, including some of the players, join in. And one of their best players, Zach Ertz, who has been around for a number of years, 
a great player, uh, may not be back with the team uh, in the future. And at the end of the call, one of uh, our frequent guests in the program, Rob Motti, who joined us recently, who's the head writer for the Associated Press, asked uh, a two-part question of Ertz. I'm going to just play Ertz's response here. He asked him, uh, is the idea of, hey, if Carson Wentz winds up not sticking with the Eagles and, and he goes somewhere else, and, uh, you know, would you want to follow him wherever he goes? Kind of like Tom Brady was with the Patriots for years and had a guy named Rob Gronkowski as his tight end to throw to for many years. And now that both of them are in Tampa Bay, would you like to follow Carson around? And then uh, bigger than that, if this is your, you know, if, if last night was your last game as an Eagle, how do you want people to remember you? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, the, the legacy, for, per se, if you, that, that you would leave behind? So this is what Ertz had to say about those two questions. I mean, the first part is, is easy. Of course, I want to play with Carson as long as I possibly can. Um, in my opinion, he's a franchise quarterback. He's a, team, he's, a, he's a quarterback that can lead you to the playoffs every year. He could put you in contention to win Super Bowls. So who, who wouldn't want to play with that? Um, someone that wants to work on the, on the practice field as much as he wants to shine on Sundays. Um, so for me, that's an easy answer. Of course, I want to play with him for as long as I possibly can. Second part, what legacy do I want to leave here? Um, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier. I think, I mean, I didn't have a, the bet. The, I'm not the greatest eagle um, by any means, but I think just in today's world, um, just handling this city, I would say for you young players, um, the city's tough, but they're honest. Um, it's not a city that cares about how you feel you did how you feel, um, whether you had a great day or a terrible day, um, especially if you had a terrible day. They don't want any excuses. Um, and I don't think I ever made an excuse. Um, I just, whenever I didn't play well enough, um, I didn't, I just wanted to go out there and work because that was the only thing I knew that I could kind of flush the system and put get me on to the next day. Um, and I think for me, I think the foundation that we have here in Philadelphia has been a pleasure. Um, I don't, it's tough. Um, I think we're really just getting started with that in Philly. Um, and, um, I think I think this city is the best city to play for. And I couldn't have asked for a better experience. And um <sighs> city means a lot to me. It means a lot to my family and um I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all you guys over the years. Um I know you guys got a really tough job in this city. And early in my career, I took a lot of things personally. Um, and just over the years, I, I started to put myself in your shoes that you guys got so much to do. Everyone with, everyone's got to read something good. And you guys consistently tried to do that. Um, so I really appreciate all of you over the years. And um, thank you.
Zach Ertz uh, on our Zoom call earlier today. The media joined um, uh, from all over the place as the Eagles kind of had an exit day. Season ended last night, and uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts was part of that, uh, defensive end Brandon Graham and a number of others. And uh, Ertz, at the end of that uh, conversation, was that was the very end of his uh, remarks. You know, he's been around for seven, eight years now. He uh, holds a number of records, one, most receptions by a tight end in a season, 116, for example. Of course, uh, he's been in the Pro Bowl several times. He helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl a few years back. And uh, only 30, you know, it's weird to think that 30 is considered on the older side, but in professional football, a lot of mileage on the body and uh, all that. The, the team has some decisions to make about the future and all that. So we'll see if Ertz winds up coming back or not. It's not impossible, of course. Uh, Ertz also loves the Lord, and uh, I'd love to have him on the program. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get him or not before he stops playing for the team, or maybe maybe when he goes to the team, we'll be able to get him easier than now. It just all kind of depends on, you know, uh, whenever we try to get a player on or, or a guest on, you have to pick and choose a spot that works for them, too. And uh, so if they're in a, in a particularly sensitive area of their contract or whatever, you have to kind of uh, wait, wait it out and see. But uh, Lord willing, we'll be here for a while and can have him on sometime. His wife, Julie, is a soccer player, uh, and uh, f- some folks know of her as well uh, from her professional uh, her endeavors. So that said, we'll take a quick break. And if you want to uh, chime in, 800-560-WFIL. What game do you enjoy playing? Uh, football on the football side, one of my top five is playing Madden 2007 with my kids. Had a lot of fun uh, over the weekend with my boys playing that and my daughter, Tessa. Uh, but what do you like to play? Could be a, a card game, a board game. And uh, feel free to chime in. We'd love to hear from you at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345, or text in at 610-500-DOVE. Not just the game itself, but why? If you want to add that, you could just name uh, you know, one-line reason, or you can call in and share a little story or context as to why something you play matters a lot to you, the memory that goes with it, the person you played it with, or what it does. Uh, and, and especially because for me, games are very relational, an opportunity for people to get to know each other better and to enjoy each other's company. Back with more in just a moment, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 439, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Having some fun today, we had Rob Belushi, actor and Host of Get a Clue on the uh, Game Show Network. Season 2 of that starting today. Actually started a few minutes ago. And catch at uh, 4.30. I think it's week, every weekday afternoon. Very gracious conversation. Enjoyed chatting with Rob. He's the nephew of the one and only John Belushi and son of actor Jim Belushi. And uh, Rob joined our program to chat about the program a bit. And uh, it was nice talking with him. And then kind of in keeping with that, as well as over the weekend... Last couple of holiday weekends, really, Christmas and New Year's, had a chance to play a bunch of games. Uh, had the privilege of taking my two sons, Tim and Toby, away for an overnight trip. And we took our game, uh, game uh, whatchamacallit, the cube console with us and had a Madden 07 tournament. We don't worry about keeping up with all the latest games. There was a time in our lives where like the new release meant something, but that stopped quite some time ago just to have a functioning one that, you know, uh, that's enough for us. And we had a great time, uh, you know, get a bag of chips out and, uh, and some salsa and, uh, watch each other play and, and, uh, trash talk and, and all that. So there's a lot of fun, uh, on that topic. Uh, I talked, talked about like in Scrabble, uh, we had Norma from Norristown talking about liking the ungame, which is a game uh, that she says she enjoys because it's not so much about winning and losing really. It's about conversation and getting uh, family time in Victoria. You mentioned, I think near the top of the program over the holidays, you played some monopoly. Is that right? 
Yes, we play Monopoly on New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve weekend. Okay. Um, we had a raining day, and um, we played Scrabble, like I mentioned. My brother's so good at that because he's, like, the best speller, and he's, like, really smart, so he always does well there. Let me ask you about, let me ask you about Monopoly for a second. Yeah. So our trajectory when playing that game is, and same, same with Risk, which is another game I like. It's mm-hmm. in my top five or tied for fifth, is you get excited. Let's play Monopoly. Yeah. And then... After a while, when you're starting to like not do as well, it you're gets like, heated. There's that, but there's also. Did you have everybody play till the end? I usually have people who are like, I'm done. I'm tired. Of well, this. we played that in another game too, in that same night. So we didn't really spend the whole uh, evening, but we did a couple rounds of it. Yeah, but it does get you do get frustrated, and not everybody can be a great sport. <laughs> I like to think in my family I am, but you know, there not is, everyone is. Not going to name names. Uh, well, yeah. So, so did you? You didn't actually. In case finish, they're listening. You did. <laughs> You didn't finish the whole Monopoly. You got into it, and then everybody abandoned ship. Um, I think after just a certain point, we just moved on to the other game. Yes, yeah, those games can be kind of long unless you're winning. Yeah, or, or of close course. to winning. You're oh, like, yeah. when is this over? Can we do and something else? Everyone's just like, you know what? I'm getting tired of this. Let's, you know, the winner's the winner, whatever. Yeah. And then we played Dominoes, which is another game actually that was similar to what Pat mentioned about the card game that she was talking about. Pat from Willow Grove called in, yeah. Yes, and um, you're not getting rid of cards, but you're getting rid of dominoes. So usually when people think of dominoes, they think of when you're knocking them over and trying to make a real fancy thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. So ours is, you know, you have a ch- little trains and a train track type setup, and what you're doing is you're laying down the dominoes on the table, and you're okay. making almost like a track. You can put whatever direction you want, and you pick so many from a pile. Okay. And then you're trying to get out and get rid of them the fastest. So the person that has the lowest number or goes out first yeah. wins, and you play a couple of rounds of those. So that's really that's kind of fun. I think I have played that. That's that comes like in like a, a tin. I think yes. I've seen that. Yep. And there's like little trains. Everyone picks their own train. Okay. There's just like tracks, and then you can send the dominoes out from each you know thing. And those it's, are it's fun. actually really fun. But that can get heated too. Yeah. When you pick too many dominoes and your number keeps getting higher and higher, and you got to add them all at the end, and you're not doing well, it gets. Victoria, would a fly would a fly on the wall in your living room watching <laughs> you you play because you're saying people can get heated. But do you mean Victoria? I did with dominoes a little bit. I got a little annoyed because my brother wins pretty much every game, and I just I get tired of it. I don't know what he's doing or if he's cheating and maybe looking at what he's drawing. But yeah. no, in all seriousness, it, it's fun. And um, you know, if you're competitive, you can get a little annoyed. But it's mostly about the fun aspect, like you mentioned, and being with yeah. your family and spending time is what's most important. Yeah, I, I agree to that for sure. If you'd like to call and share what game means a lot to you and why, uh, feel free. You don't have to be able to explain the whole thing. It's more about when you could name it and just the context in which you play it. Uh, 800-560-WFIL is our number, 800-560-9345. Or feel free to text in 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Last February, we had a husband-wife duo, Chip and Dana Brown, join us. And they had that whole theme going about how games are, are relational and what they can do for um for building those relationships, whether it's within family or friend circles or even just in a group setting where people don't know each other. Um, Just got a couple of clips from that interview for you. It's a game called The Rank Game, simple enough. And just uh, here's a couple of of, of our pieces of that conversation. Uh, And it's a game that I I, frankly, I'd love to have these folks involved with the show more because when I got the game in the mail from them and looked through, I was like, this is actually very, uh, it works on a lot of levels. So we'll get into that more, but I just want to give you an idea uh, part of our show today is to give people ideas, too, in case you hadn't heard about a certain game before. But this is Chip and Dana Brown on a program from last February talking about the rank game and how it works. Okay, so probably the easiest uh, topic card that helps everybody understand the game is seasons, right? So 
the way the game works is there's always a topic and then four choices. So we all know there are four seasons. And depending on the time of year and where you live, certain people might prefer summer versus winter. But essentially, you have your favorite, I have my favorite. There's no wrong answer. Uh, and people like to share about themselves and what they like. But you can't win the rank game without scoring points by guessing how other people would vote. So I might say summer, spring, winter, fall. And then you guys would all fill in your guesses of what I would put. I'm the ranker. You're the guessers. And for every line item that lines up, you get a point. Okay. So whoever wins, whoever gets the most points in that round wins. And then you draw the next card, and it might be, you know, like favorite flavors of ice cream, chocolate milk, strawberry, chocolate chip mint, uh, and so forth. And, and uh, everybody gets a chance to be a ranker, so everybody becomes known. And uh, the banter that happens between the rounds is really the funnest part because people – either learn something new about each other or are surprised by what somebody should have known but didn't. Yes. It's been a lot of fun to see all, everybody, all different types of people play. And here's more of that conversation. Families use it. Friends use it. We've, we've had, like, new dorm roommates use it. Uh, there's a, a college program that uh, is distributing it to incoming freshmen so they can use it as an icebreaker to get to know each other and those kinds of things. People have used it at corporate events, or, you know, and right. things like that. So, you know, it's the whole idea of, like, we're in a ranking society, so everybody kind of, and, and plus the social media society, people are used to kind of putting their best life forward and stuff like that. So I think social media works because people are interested in themselves. But as I said, you can't win the ranking without looking thing, looking at things from other people's perspectives. So it really, no matter the people group, they just kind of gravitate toward the topic cards that most interest them. And then the human dynamic just kind of kicks in. Yeah. To restate for folks, there's a topic card you begin with, and uh, there's all kinds of things. Like I have one in front of me. It says TV show format. A, buddy sitcom. B, dramatic show. C, family sitcom. D, reality show. So, uh, like, if I'm the ranker, I look at that card, and in my head I'm like, okay, which one do I like the most to the least? And then everybody else who's playing is supposed to guess what they think I think. Right? That's the in, – in exactly. right? Exactly. Right. Right. And you know, people are passionate about different things. So here's here's a, an example of one, right? So, which Star Wars trilogy, you know, rank the, the Star Wars trilogies one through three, four through six, seven through nine, and the spinoffs? What's your preferred order of those? And depending on when you were born, people had to really emphatic you know, answers. Yes. And uh, so it's kind of fun. And like, so if you have two different generations playing. It's not as imp- if I want to win the game. It's not important which trilogy I like. It's, it's from playing with a bunch of my kids' friends. I might want to think about their perspective when they were born, which ones they may have seen in the theaters first, and uh, to try to get those things. So it's just it, it's you know designed to get you out of your own perspective and really see the world from through the eyes of different people. And so for that reason, it brings people together. But the competitive element is there. So. You know, it also helps people kind of learn and sharpen their interpersonal skills and tact, things like that. Right. One of the things that I love about it, Tim, um, just being a mom, you know, I think um, Chip and I have seen just in this um, time period right now the draw of technology. And technology can be so great and bring people together. Like our daughter, it's her first year in in college, and we FaceTime all the time, so that's been really fun. But it can also be a distraction from family time and meal time. And so, what we love about the rank game is that it really enables us to um, talk more and tech less. Right? Everyone puts yeah. their phones around, away. Um, we throw a couple cards on the table at dinner time, and it just opens up a very natural, fun conversation. Or we we've taken them on trips with us. This 
um, extended family. Um, we actually even played it on a, a tour bus one time. There were about 16 or 17 of Chip's uh, extended family there, and we were kind of playing the game and yelling out our answers. And then all of a sudden, some of the people in the front of the bus wanted to start playing yeah. the game with us. It was it was just really fun, <laughs> and they started you know debating and and well yeah. Then when they jumped in, they, they jumped you know, in. They, oh, that's not true. Right. This is the right order. Right. Right. So again, it's like yeah. it's just, it's an easy way. I think in an era where you know, when people are uncomfortable with, with new people or even people that they know well, we kind of have to relearn how to communicate with one another right. because everyone's right. so used to just kind of leaning on their phone or, you know, just check that social media feed or whatever. And so as Dana was alluding to earlier, these technologies like social media and telecommunication apps, they're designed to bring us together, but when we're together, they actually pull us apart. And so this game that doesn't require electricity, really the only thing that doesn't come with it is the people. Right. right? So you just pick a card, pick pick whoever you want, work friends, friends at the pub or whatever. Yeah. And it's just it's a really easy way to start communicating again where it takes the stigma off of what should we talk about. It's Chip and Dana Brown. Again, they were on with us uh, February of 2020. The podcast that on our homepage, WFIL.com, the podcasts are in reverse order. So feel free to just scroll back in time and you get to that. Uh, it was February 21st of 2020. Last, just a little quick clip of this here from Chip and Dana Brown, how the game got started. It's actually a very interesting story. All the times we play tested it probably over a thousand times before we actually had a product out. Actual game, right. And we never provided instructions. We always just put the, the, pack, the deck of cards out and a score pad in front of each person, and they intuitively knew what to do. Wow. Because, you know, it tees up that topic, and then the four choices, which, which you know, another thing that's tough about communication is, like, where you start. So when you can curate for somebody just real simple thing that they're comfortable with, uh, just as I said, their human nature kicks in, and then all of a sudden people are, you know, finding those muscles that have atrophied that are yeah. how to intercommunicate with people and how to be relational. And focus on others, right. It's Without so the aid of technology or it's so true. some other person or something like that. The reason that we made the game, we played it a lot. The origin of the game, I invented it because we were bored. Like we're yes. standing in line, standing in line to get into a museum. So that's why it was made. But the reason we turned it into a game after 20 years of playing it like that, the reason we turned it into a physical game like this is just our observation, as you just said, and, and not only us seeing people stuck to their phones, but us seeing and hearing other people very frustrated about that situation. So we wanted to create a tool that was not that didn't admonish you. It yeah. wasn't a push yeah. away from the phone. It's a pull towards something else right. that people really enjoy. And very quickly, the only reason they're touching their phone when they play the rank game is to take pictures and, and video clips to send it to social media, which we don't mind them doing. Chip and Dana Brown, again, the rank game. You can find out more about them. Just uh, Google that. You'll find out uh, more about that game. But there's a lot of reasons that that game works on a lot of different levels. It's really a generation uh, conversation generation starter, but also um, can work with your own family. Simple example, one of the cards had breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack on it. And we did that at our home and, you know, where we know each other well enough. But I was like, oh, I wonder what my son likes. What, what meal of the day is your favorite? I think I know, but I'm not sure. And then I, I might be right, might be wrong. And then it leads to conversation. Oh, I, I like lunch. I don't get to eat it very often, but it's my favorite meal of the day because... And before long, you're talking, that's much more about what the game's about. And the scoring, actually, in that game can be as important or unimportant as you want it to be. So, anyhow, that's one suggestion for you. Chip and Dana Brown again joined us uh, about this time last year. 
and a podcast that they had a lot of good stuff to say at WFIL.com. Brief break. We'll wrap up here in a little bit. If you want to call in, 800-560-WFIL to share what your favorite game is, 800-560-9345, or text it in to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560WFIL. And at WFIL.com. It's 4.56 the Tim DeMoss Show. Victoria, we're going to land the plane here shortly. Are you buckled in position? I are you, am. Are you ready to fasten overhead, whatever I they call, am. call that stuff? Fasten your seatbelts. The, the tray up plan. and up. <laughs> we know. I don't know how that works. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, just as we wrap up here, a couple of thoughts. One of my all-time favorite games I did not share about is Pinnacle. Used to play Pinnacle all the time with ah. my sister and her husband Jack, who passed away some years back. Great guy. We were the winning. We were the no. We were the slick men, and my mom and my sister were the winning women, supposedly. Oh. And then I would keep score and make sure we won. No, we actually won a lot of the time. But that was fun. My nephews play that Pinnacle, one of our top five all-time games. And uh, poker. I like playing Hold'em. I have still really... I've only played poker like once or twice, and I don't think I've got it down yet. Well, it's a, a lifetime of learning, but I actually only play that with my cousins over Thanksgiving. There you go. We go to my, my aunt and uncle's, we call it Candy Island. And the cousins <laughs> converge for three days, and we play games, usually poker, and because there's eight or ten of us, it can take four or five, six hours to get one game done. Do you wager some uh, money, of course? Well, just a token. Just a little Just bit. for bragging rights. Yeah. But uh, but most of the time, it's just it's it's the one time of year where we, we know we're all going to be around the table, hanging out and spend time together. Uh, enjoy playing Clue, Settlers of Catan. And again, it just depends on the game in question that uh, the people are you know, interested in and the, and the group of people that you're with. So uh, feel free. Uh, if you still want to text in 610-500-DOVE to share your favorite game. We've had some good ones shared today, including the Ungame, uh, Dutch Blitz, and some others as well. And as and the whole thing really is, has to do with conversation and relationship and spending time with people. I've found that uh, doing that... Um, you know, around a game is a, is a great way to is a great way to build those relationships. Uh, a quick note for you before I forget: um, the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise with Alistair Begg, who's coming up here shortly. There is a buy one get one going on today and tomorrow only. I'll just point you to our website wfil.com. Click on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, which is coming up later on this year, and see what that's all about. Just found out about it. It's just today and tomorrow while supplies last. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.